while we were um, worshiping, um, the Lord said, I heard the Lord say about, about your time over in the Middle East that we were talking about today, Pat. He said that it's a divine destiny of the Lord, that it's a divine plan. And the path that's set before you, then I saw this image of a puzzle. And you know, if you have a, a real large puzzle, you have pieces of the puzzle, maybe you even have a portion of the picture that you already know how it fits together, and you can see and you recognize, you know, where on the photo those pieces of puzzles that are already together will go in the picture. And maybe you're over here in the corner, and you have another group of pieces that are together already, but you're not sure exactly how these are going to be connected to those. You don't know all the pieces yet that go from one to the next, but they're going to be made clear as you continually work and take the step and the next step that's just in front of you just the next step that's in front of you, the next puzzle piece by the time you get over there it'll be a beautiful testimony of exactly how the Lord did it and just walk step by step by faith through that journey and you'll get to the right place at the right time with the right people yeah amen and, and by the way, I have to make a small correction. The meaning's the same, but it's a little bit of a correction. The word that the Lord kept saying to me in worship was divine assignments. Divine assignments. Divine assignments. When I got up, the word assignments just vanished out of my mind. So I said divine uh, destiny and divine plan, which is in divine assignments, but the word was actually assignments. Many of you, uh, I believe, know... Well, some of you know who Pat is, otherwise known as Smiley. Okay, some of you. He's been here with uh, Pastor Kurt before, those of you that have been here um, for a little length of time. And when, when Pastor Kurt came and did the Knowing and Believing the Love of God conference, uh, Pat was with him. And so he stayed at my house, and plus we've got to, some of you have trained uh, down in Florida with Pastor Kurt, and Smiley was there helping, helping Pastor Kurt. And um, so you know him from that side of it. Others of you know Teresa from the ministry side of it and from the book and through Andrew Womack Ministries and so forth. So, and I found it interesting that there was, there was some of you that had no idea about the connection between the two of them. And um, for, as for me personally, I've, I've, I don't know, I haven't known Teresa in the past. I met her one time. I've spent uh, diff a number of times, different times with, with Pat and haven't had the pleasure of, of meeting his better half. So we uh, welcome the both of you. Why don't both of you come? And uh, I'll pray over the two of you before you begin, and then you can uh, introduce yourselves as, as you see fit. And one thing that I like about these two, they've been telling me stories. And um, one th one th I'll just start with Pat. The th one thing that I've appreciated about him since I've known him from the very first days, he's a thinker. Things don't just slip by him. He thinks it through. He, he, he is observant. And he checks all the I's and crosses all the T's and or dots the I's, I guess. Yes. Don't check yeah. the I's. <laughs> but yeah, checks the boxes. And I like that about him, all right? And a lot of times, something like that can also cause you to, because you're thoughtful and you give thought to it, it can cause you to be overly cautious or um, slowed down by the process of thought to think of it from every angle, right? 
Well, as they're telling me stories, and Pat is the one telling me these stories about how that, you know, he thought this and this, and then his wife was like, yeah, man, this is before you. You need to go for it. This is the Lord. And so he would jump out, and he goes and does some crazy stuff. And I was just seeing the, the, the story of how the two of you together, you have worked together, you flowed together, but how you have been a strength behind him, which is what marriage is supposed to be. It's that image of Christ in the church, right? That reflection that together they're better than they are separate. And so I see that in the two of you, just in the short times that we've, we've been together, and, uh, and I'm blessed by it. So Pat and Teresa, um, let, her, let me pray for you before you uh, begin. Yeah, put them all together in a pile. Thank you, Lord. I just bless you, and I thank you for Pat and Teresa for bringing them here for such a time as this, that this weekend will be life-changing that we will receive from you, Lord, in fresh ways, that we will stand in strength, and that we'll go away from this weekend with a greater awareness and revelation of who you are and who we are in you. And I thank you for this, Lord. I thank you that you've brought Pat and Teresa together, that you've placed these big things in their heart. And even as they um, go step by step in faith with you, Father, that you uh, continually bring even people alongside of them to partner with them, to walk with them through this journey. And that you have made every grace overflow to them. And I thank you for that. I also thank you, Lord, that you will minister through them and, and give them the exact words to speak, the exact illustration, the exact stories, exactly how you want to bring it out. In Jesus' name, we declare these things, and amen. 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 Did you want to say anything, or am I just kicking you off? No. Is this on? Hello? <laughs> First of all, thank you, Pastor Sid and Jennifer, for allowing us to be here in church. Thank you for uh, having us. It's just such a wonderful privilege. And you don't know how spot on you are. I almost wanted to say, have you been talking to Teresa? <laughs> um, I want to say thank you to my uh, wonderful wife, who is, she is tenacious, and she's the one, exactly what you just said. She, she uh, growing up with Dad Hagen and her parents, both her parents, Rayma grads, that she would say, um, uh, if I'd go to her, and I, sometimes I just want to hug, you know? It's like, and this is going on, and she'd always point me to the word. She always keeps me grounded. And she, she holds me to the fire. She says, you better, take, you better own this. You, you go to the Word. She always refers me to the Word. So aside from Jesus is my rock, my biggest rock. She's my secondary rock, and she always supports me. So I'm, I'm very thankful for that. Amen. I, if, if I tell you what's in my heart about you, I'm going to cry, and I don't want to do that. So I'll tell you later. <laughs> Well, you're, you're going to have a chance. I'm going to speak tomorrow night about the missions that we're doing and uh, what we're doing in the Middle East and what we're going to do. Thank you for that word. Awesome. And uh, I'm going to let her have it. If, uh, unless I'm, I'm going to let her have it, and uh, she's going to make it. Bless you all. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. You know, even, even ministers need encouragement, and they need edification, and they need exhortation, and... Um, you know, so keep that in mind with, with Pastor Sid and 
Jen, too, that they need your encouragement and edification, and that's so very important for us. And yes, we are fed by the Word, and we are fed by our relationship with the Father, but we also, we also like to hear that the message He's placed in our heart is impacting the people that are hearing it. So, um, I could share with you for like 12 hours, okay? Um, my journey, my testimony. So I'm going to give you the crib notes of it, and then I'm going to share with you over the next two days the two things that impact have impacted me the most. And these two things, I believe every believer, it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are, these are things that you need to hear, you need to receive, you need to implement in your life because they will change it. So I, short version here, okay? And then we're going to stop on the, on the important, the first important point I was sick for 13 years, okay? I was born, as Patrick said, I was born and raised in a faith family. My dad was a graduate of Rama Bible Training Center. I grew up in a word church, right? From a very young age, I started developing cystic acne. So cystic acne, my dad's a preacher, and he's a church planter. So we're moving every couple of years into small towns. So I became very isolated because kids can be cruel, right? So parents, teach your children to be kind. Teach them to, teach them to see the ones that are unseen because that is so important for our kids growing up today. And that will speak volumes of who Jesus is to the ones who are isolated and who are alone and who are afraid. So speak truth to your kids. Teach them. Demonstrate for them how to be kind to the people that other people aren't kind to. So I grew up in church. I knew the word I, you, you, need a, you need a scripture on prosperity, I can give it to you. You need a scripture on healing, I can give it to you. You need a scripture on, or a scripture, or I'm getting prescription and scripture. Mix, well, it's kind of, the word is medicine, right? Okay, the, I, might, I might just coin that phrase that I just came up with. Anyway, so I knew what the word said. I saw my parents live it. My dad prayed for people. They recovered. He was there at the uh, scene of an accident where a little boy, five years old, was hit by a truck and killed instantly. And my dad went over and laid his hands on him, and that boy came back to life. He demonstrated. He didn't just teach me the word, but he demonstrated the word. And yet when I did the word, it didn't seem to do anything for me, right? And it was a performance for me. I heard them as rules. I heard them as, as you can do this, you can't do that. I can't do this thing that my friends are doing because I'm a Christian. I heard them as rules and regulations. It, it really felt like you were on a stage and everything you did wrong, everybody knew. Right? Everybody knew. So I didn't have friends. I had acne. And I'm following a bunch of rules that nobody else seems to be following. So needless to say, that led to me running. Have you heard the phrase, um, rules without relationship leads to rebellion? 
y'all have heard that, right? So that's what happened. So I, like many pastor's kids, rebelled as hard and as fast as I could. And for 15 years after I left home and went to college, I wasn't in college 15 years, but it kind of felt like it. For 15 years, total rebellion. I am running as fast as I can away from God, away from uh, works away from religion in a bad sense, okay? The, the law, the works of the law. I am running because I saw it work for other people, but it didn't work for me, so it is not for me. I am going to go find my own happiness. I am going to go find my own way, my own path. So that's the, that's the path I took for 15 years, and we're going to do a very abbreviated 15 years here, okay? Because um, there's a lot of money in the testimony in those 15 years, so we're just going to bypass that. So two failed marriages. The first marriage, I cheated on a wonderful man, hurt him badly. Um, that marriage ended. The second marriage, during the second marriage, was when I was diagnosed with my first diagnosis of hypothyroidism, and my thyroid basically just quit. So they put me on medication that they said I'd be on forever. Two years later, I'm diagnosed with Sjogren's syndrome, which is an autoimmune disorder, um, which basically my body was attacking my body. It didn't know what was good, what was bad. All the while, I'm still running. All the while, I still know what the word says in the back of my head, but kind of giving God the hand, right? Yeah, I, I hear you. I just don't want to listen. Those two diagnoses into the second marriage. The second marriage ends when I find out that he's cheating on me with a man. So the second marriage ends. Now I'm sick. I'm depressed. I'm drinking. I'm... You, you, you name it, right? So that was in 2007 that I just found out about my husband cheating. And I remember, this is one of those pivotal moments, and do y'all know, know what I'm talking about? That pivotal moment when you really hear him, you really hear, and it hits you in your heart. It goes right past your head and just goes right to your heart. There's no denying that it is the Father speaking to you. And I remember I'm sitting on my bed, and I called my mom, and I had just found out, and I told her, I'm crying, I'm sobbing, I'm in the dark in New Jersey, and it's cold, and I hate it there, and don't ask me why we're there, I just didn't like it. If you're from New Jersey, I apologize. <laughs> Longest six months of my life. Um, but I'm sitting there, and I'm talking to my mom, and I said, Mom, I feel so empty inside. And in that moment, 15 years after running, 15 years of being tired and exhausted and now burnt out in my body, in my mind, and in my emotions, I hear that voice say, even though you have run from me, I have never left you. Never. I've never left you. So clear. And sitting in the bottom of that pit, I'm reminded of a psalm that says, the entrance of your word brings light. 
If you are in a dark place, the entrance of his word brings you light. And I had a choice in that moment then. Do I keep on down this path of destruction? Do I keep on trying to make myself happy? Or do I turn to the one who no matter what I have done, do you know no matter what you do, you cannot outrun his love for you? It doesn't matter what is in your past. It doesn't matter how bad you think your past is. You are forgiven. Jesus paid that price. You don't have to pay that price anymore. You don't have to, you don't have penance to pay. There is no such thing as penance for a child of God. And sometimes it's easy to accept that he has forgiven and it's harder to forgive yourself. That's not always easy, but it is so possible with him. And that is the first thing that changed is relationship. That's when true relationship began. I was born again. I was speaking in tongues. Well, not for those 15 years, but I was born again. The spirit was still within me, but I did not have relationship with God. And here's the problem. A lot of times, um, especially we as teachers, we can say, okay, what I'm going to teach you tonight will only work after you've established relationship with God, okay? And then we'll move on to teach you the how-tos of how to, how to receive this or how to receive that. But we forget that there's a lot of people that don't know what relationship is. Maybe there's people who haven't experienced intimacy in their lives. Maybe there's people who haven't, didn't have a good relationship with their father, didn't have a wonderful father, didn't have a father figure that they could look up to, haven't experienced intimacy in marriage, like true love for someone. So when we, when we just say, relationship, they have no foundation on which, to, on which to build. So then everything that comes after that becomes a work. It just becomes, okay, you say I need relationship. Okay, okay, that's good. I got it. God loves me. Okay, let's move on. Because there's something you need. Maybe there's healing that you need, right? Well, Revelation flows from relationship with God. Okay, so tell me how to get revelation. Which, if I get there, we're actually going to talk about that, is the how-to of getting revelation, because that was the second thing that changed everything for me. But if we, don't, if we don't think on relationship with God, this is why we were created. We were created to live and reign with the creator of the universe, to live with God. We were created to live with God. We were not created to live for God. We were not created just to receive his blessings. We were not created to just follow a set of rules and regulations that he lays out and says, if you do these things, then this is going to work. This is not why we were created. All of those things are true. There are principles that we apply. There are things, benefits that Christ bought for us on the cross. That is true. But our first and foremost is living a life with God. 
from the very beginning, we were created to live and reign with him in the garden. We were created in the image of God so that we could fellowship with God spirit to spirit. In the garden, he walked with Adam and Eve side by side, life in the garden with God. This was his original intent, that we live with him. And then, yes, we were meant to work. We were created to work in the, Adam and Eve were created to work in the garden. They were created to labor with God in the garden. And their job was to have dominion. They were supposed to have dominion. They were supposed to rule over the earth with God. But that relationship comes first. All through the word, we see Enoch walked with God. We see Noah walked with God. We see Jonah. We see Moses. We see all of these people who walked with, great, with God and did great and mighty exploits, right? So they walked with him first, and then they did all of these things. They walked with him, and then they reigned. Then they changed nations. Then they delivered the Israelites out of Egypt. Then they did these things. But it all came from that relationship with God. And intimate, hearing him. We, Pastor Kurt was just here a couple weeks ago on hearing God. You all hear God. You all do. He says, my sheep hear my voice. Are you his sheep? Yes. Then you hear his voice. Yes. You can hear his voice. And if we get to that, we're going to talk about a few of the practical things about hearing his voice. But with God, life with God. And then Jesus came. I don't need those. Then Jesus came, right? And he demonstrated Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. God is with us. Lord, open their eyes to see. God is with us. He is in you. He is with you wherever you go. Jesus demonstrated this. He demonstrated what a life with God can be. Jesus laid hands on the blind. Jesus laid hands on the deaf. Jesus set people free. He broke the bonds of, of, uh, uh, of those who were in prison. He healed the brokenhearted, the woman, at the, the woman at the well, the woman caught in adultery. Do you think her heart was healed when Jesus said, I don't hold anything against you? Jesus demonstrated what, what life with God looks like, reigning on the earth, reigning on the earth. Then, so this is, this is what he created us for, but this is also where we are headed, right? This is life with God, reigning with God. I'm going to just show you a verse here because it's just cool. Okay, Revelation 21. Revelation 21. We're talking about life with God and reigning with God. Revelation, this is where we are headed. It was the beginning of the story, and it will be the end of the story for his kids, for his sons and daughters. 
Revelation 21, verses 2 and 3. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. From the beginning, with Adam and Eve in the garden, he was with them. To the very end, when the new Jerusalem comes down, when this happens, God with us, beginning to end. How about the reigning part? Revelation 5, Revelation chapter 5, verses 9 and 10. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Revelation 22.5, For the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. We are created to live with God, and we are created to rule with God. Here's, the, here's, where, things get, here's where things get a little out of whack. We want to reign without him. And when we don't understand relationship and we try to reign that's when exhaustion sets in. That's the trying and the striving and where things don't work. And this is where I was for many, 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 many years. I knew what the word said. 2007, I started that relationship with him. Four years later, I'm following him as I know how at that time, which is I'm going to church every time the doors are open. I am reading. I am praying. I am doing all of these things, but not out of a I have to, but because I want to know him. I want to know this God who has forgiven me. I want to know this God who says, I don't care what you've done. You are, you are loved and accepted in my eyes. I just wanted to know him. But I still didn't know how to do relationship. I still didn't understand what that, what that looked like. And Jesus came so we could have relationship. You all know that. I'm sure you. I'm sure you all know that. John 17, 3. This is eternal life, that you know the only true God and his son, Jesus Christ, whom he sent. This is why Jesus came. Yes, Jesus came for health and prosperity and, and all of these things. They are, they are benefits, right? But they aren't the treasure. They're benefits, but they are not the treasure. Life with God is the treasure. And you know what happens when God is your treasure? Then nothing else matters. You could never see another promise of God come to pass in your entire life, and it wouldn't matter because you have the treasure. But here's the thing. Matthew 6, 33 
when you seek first the kingdom, when you find the treasure, right? All of these things are added. They just come. They're just added. The mercies of God follow you every day of your life. Do you know that word follow means to actively pursue? So this is how I see, this is how I see Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God. My eyes are set on Jesus, right? And I am seeking him uh, with my whole heart, with my whole mind. My eyes are on him. And you know the enemy's just throwing all these things at you here and there. But you know what's behind you? Do you know what's behind you trying to overtake you as you're, as you're following your eyes, as you are setting your sights on him? Health is following you. Prosperity is following you. Life is following you. Freedom is following you. And if you will just keep your eyes set on him, if you will keep him as your treasure and not healing, not prosperity, not anything else, if you will keep God as your treasure, those things will overtake you. They won't be something that you have to pursue because they're already in you and with you. The problem comes when we place the benefits in the position that only God should hold. And we seek the healing and not the healer. We seek the gifts and not the giver. We, speak, we seek the prosperity and not the provider. And we place those things at this level, and God's just over here. This, this is where we get out of, this is where we get out of whack. I don't know if that's a bad thing to say or not. If it is, sorry. This is where we get unbalanced. Because we spend so much time trying, we're looking in the word for healing. We're looking in the word for prosper. Okay, what do I need to do to, to get this? What do I need to do to get them saved? What do I need to do to get out of debt? What do I need to do to, to receive this healing? What do I need to do? And we get in the word like we're getting in a cookbook to find out how to make meatloaf. Okay, I got to make meatloaf. I'm going to look through here. And we're going to find the formula for making meatloaf, and then I'm going to get it, and then I'm going, to, I'm going to do exactly what it says, and then when you do it and it doesn't happen, you get mad at God. But God wasn't even anywhere in the equation. John 5, verses 39 and 40. Jesus is talking to the scribes and the Pharisees. And he says, you search the scriptures. For in them, you think you will find eternal life. But they are those that speak of me. Do you know that word? I like to do word studies. If you're a word geek, you'll enjoy this one. He says, you search the scriptures. And that word that he used is the word graphe. What does that sound like in English? Graph, graph right? Graph. I think of a graph, I think of a bar chart, you know, I think of, you know, it's basically anything that is written. He's saying, you're looking at this book as if it's just another book. 
You're looking at it for rules and regulations because that's what they're used to, right? But they've never looked for Jesus in there. And now he's standing right in front of them and they don't recognize him, though they know the Old Testament scrolls from the beginning to the end. And Jesus, is, Jesus says, if you will just open your eyes and look, I'm there. This is one way that you start to develop relationship with God, is you open the Bible, and you know what? The Bible is not God. And I think a lot of people have relationship with the Bible, but they don't have relationship with the one who wrote it. There's not even a thought about God in their minds. There's not even a thought about God in their hearts. They don't understand what, what does it mean? I, I, I've never experienced worshiping God. Let me share something with you here. Oh, this is a little embarrassing. So I've been born again since I was five, and I realize I haven't told you any of the healing testimony. I was healed on March 13th, 2014. There's a book out there that puts all of it in everything, everything he said, everything I did. It's all out there, the unhealed believer. So there, that's done. Okay, <laughs> just because I want you to know I'm here to talk about healing, but I can't talk about healing if we don't understand living with God, right? I forgot where I was going. What was I just getting ready to talk Oh, oh, yes, thank you so, oh, yeah, you would remember that. Yeah, she's going to tell something embarrassing. This is embarrassing because I didn't, I didn't know what I didn't know until I knew what I didn't know, okay? Last August or September, I'm talking to a woman I'm counseling or something, I don't remember, and it just dawned on me that I loved God and that I didn't love him before. I've been in ministry since 2016, and I just fell in love with God last August. How? Because I, I thought I loved him because I knew his word, because I respected him, because I revered him, because I honored him, because I believed him, because I had faith in him, because I knew what his word said. I thought I loved God. If you had asked me, I would have said, sure, I love God. But I didn't know that I didn't love God until I really loved him. This is something I really believe that, that your eyes have to be open to. Do you, do you, you can love him. Do you remember the love that you had when you first met your spouse? I don't know if it was love at first sight with you. Patrick, I didn't even know him. He was up at the altar on his knees crying, and it's like a light out of heaven. Oh, came down, and I knew that I loved him, it was, and I'd never met the man, you know, and I, and I just knew it. It was that love, that infatuation where you can't stop thinking about that other person where they're always in your mind, they're always, you're always planning the next time you can see them. You're, I, you can have that with God. This is what is meant by an intimate relationship with God. This is what Jesus died for you to have. Because it's in that relationship then that all of those other benefits come. All of those other things just come. And I'll tell you, back in 2013, I went to Bible college. I, I was at my wit's end. Nothing was working. 
But I knew that I wanted to know God more. So going to Bible college seemed like a good idea. Okay, so went to Bible college in 2013 because I wanted, to, I wanted to know him more. But still, in my limited knowledge, knowing him more is just knowing more of his word, knowing how things work, knowing, and that's just not it. There is relationship. There is relationship. How you love your dad. You can love God that same way. Love, did, you, did you know it's, there's more. There's more than just what you think you know. And a lot of times the things we think we know, we really don't know. But there is more, and he's drawing you into closer relationship, real relationship. And you know what? If people think you're weird because you want a relationship with God, well then, who cares? Who cares? And you know, a lot of times in the beginning... A lot of times in the beginning, you won't have that. Maybe yours wasn't an ah moment like mine was with Patrick. Maybe you fell in love with your spouse and there was time. And maybe in the beginning, you didn't even really like the guy or the girl, right? But the more you got to know them, you're like, okay, okay. There might be something there, you know, okay. And you grow into it. So, so here's the, I keep saying, here's the thing. That's the thing tonight, I guess. Here's the thing. Not having a desire. Two years ago, I decided I wanted a desire for God. I wanted that verse that David wrote as the deer pants for the water. So my soul longs after you. I wanted that, but I didn't have it. But I wanted that. That's where it starts. It's that knowing that I want to know him. I want to love him. I want him to be everything. I want him to fill every void. I want him to heal every wound. I want him to go into those deep, dark places on the inside that I'm afraid to reveal to anybody. And I want him to touch those places so that I can be healed and I can be whole and I can experience the joy that he has placed on the inside of me. If you want that, you can have that. If you want it, that's where it starts. Some people will experience that desire from the very beginning. Others, it's going to grow as you just, as you spend time with him. Do you remember in the beginning when you met your spouse? I suppose I should look at my watch. What time were we ending? Okay, I don't remember either. We'll, we'll, we'll start wrapping We'll start wrapping things here. Um, you're sitting, or, or it doesn't even have to be your spouse. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Not today, Satan. <coughs> you go on that first date. <coughs> My throat's dry. You go on that first date, or let's just start easy. Let's just start with a new friend, okay? Maybe it's a, a, a lady you meet or a man you meet, and you think they could really be a good friend. We could be. I might be able to be your friend, okay? So we go to, we go to coffee. 
Do you drink coffee or yeah. tea? Okay. So we go to coffee one day, and we meet somewhere, and we sit down across from each other. Hi. Hi. It's good to see you again. Thank you. Awkward silence. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yours too. And that's a beautiful shawl. You. you can only compliment each other so much, and then it's just like... Now what do we talk about, right? This is how it is in the beginning with God. It's, it's hard to start a conversation with the creator of the universe. I don't even know what to say. And if you don't speak in tongues, then it's even more difficult. Because at least if you speak in tongues, you can just so here, run out of things to say. Okay, I'll just pray in the spirit for a while. Oh, I thought of something else I could say. But when you're talking to a human, you can't do that, right? How awkward would that be? Oh, yeah, that's a nice sweater. You know, right? It's awkward. It's so awkward. That's the way it is with God. I even have some of those, I, well, I don't much anymore, but I remember for years those awkward conversations with God because I just don't know what to say to you. I mean, you're God, right? But then I realized he's in the big things and he's in the little things. Do you remember Elijah was up on the mountain and um, uh, he, he asked, uh, he, uh, was that Elijah? I think it was, there was the earthquake and the fire and the, sometimes I get those Old Testament guys mixed up. They all look the same in my mind. Um, but I know there was, this was God. Was it Elijah? It was, right? I think, you don't know either, do you? <laughs> <He's> the, <laughs> okay, so anyway, he's, it said God, uh, God wasn't in the fire. He wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in the wind, right? He was in this still, small voice. And I used to always think of that as, you know, um, God's a gentleman. He's not going to shout at you. He's not going to, you know, be in the spectacular. But I, started, I saw that in a, in a different way, that God was in the fire. Remember the prophets of Baal? And how he came down and, and just burned up the water and the moat and all, you know, all of that. He is in the fire. He is in the earthquake. Remember the guys that opposed Moses and Moses said, if, you know, God's just going to come and do something different and he's going to open up the ground and swallow y'all up. And the ground shook and all of the people, Korah and Doth. Dathan, anyway, those people, all went down and then the ground closed up. So God is in the earthquake and he is in the fire and he is in the wind. He is in the grandiose. He is in the big missions that he calls you on. He's in the big, you know, the big things that he asks you to do. But he is also in the still small voice. He's also in the little things. He's in your every day. This is what he's trying to tell you. He is in your every day. He's in your small decisions. He's, he's in it all. He wants to be involved with you in it all, co-laboring with you. You don't have to do it on your own. Oh man, life is so much easier when you realize that God is with you to give you the strength. It says, he that waits on the Lord. 
You know those times when you're, when you're praying and there's that silence and then it gets, it gets awkward, right? And you're just sitting there. But embrace those moments. And, and just know, you know, I know Patrick likes to go out and look at the stars at night. And, you know, at nighttime, it's just the world seems to be asleep and it's just quiet. And in those moments of silence where neither of you are speaking, that's a connection with God without words. But we don't think about it. Because in those moments, we're thinking about our to-do list for the next day. We're thinking about the bills that need to be paid. We're thinking about the appointments in the next week. But if we will just purpose, this is one way that you seek him, is in those moments where it's just quiet. We don't get very many moments of quiet much anymore. And maybe quiet means you have to turn some things off. Maybe quiet means we have to put the phone in a drawer in the other room. We have to turn the TV off. Don't be afraid of the quiet. If we always have something in our ears and in our minds occupying our time, we are not going to hear him and be able to think on him. Taking time in the silence, embracing those moments where you're not sure what to say. Embracing and recognizing that he is with you in that. That is, it's so energizing and refreshing to know that no matter what. Let let me tell you, if you purpose to let his words be your words, that means you're purposing to hear if you purpose that the things that you do will be a reflection of what you see him do. You know, that's what Jesus did, right? He said, I only say what the Father says. I only do what the Father does because he spent time with the Father. Even Jesus knew, John 14, 10, I think, says, don't you know that it's the Father in me that does the works? Jesus said he didn't do the works. It was the Father in him that did the works. The Father is in you. The Father is in you. The Father is with you to do the works. Then the raining comes. Then it all just comes. And back in 2014, I had spent six months, I learned about Revelation, and it appears that I'm going to get to be able to share that with you tomorrow since we're, this is good. Um, Once I learned about Revelation, and I learned how to receive Revelation of my own, first of all, that it was for me, and then that it's in me, and then I learned a few practical things just to get it started, just to get the engine going, get the car rolling, right? A few things that I could, I could do. But after six months of that, when I started out, I was seeking healing because I thought, revelation, that's what I'm missing. That's why what I know isn't what, I, isn't what I'm living. Revelation, learning about revelation gave me hope that I was missing something. And if you don't have a relationship with God, that should give you great hope. That's where you should start, is with relationship 
That's always where we should start. But after six months, God, I started with healing. I started with Romans 8.11. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me, then God, you are going to quicken this mortal body by the same spirit that lives in me. That's where I started. But then he moved me. He moved me into my authority. He moved me into the words I speak. He moved me into promises. He talked to me about Jesus. And boy, I ended at the cross. He told me about authority, and then he showed me the cross. And he gave me a vision of the cross and what Jesus went through. And it was after that moment, my eyes weren't on myself. My eyes weren't on what I was doing. My eyes were just on following him, on being in awe of what Jesus did for me on the cross. You know, I asked Jesus one day, I was, I was praying and I was laying on my face and I don't do that very often, uh, but I was laying on my face that maybe I need to do it more. Um, so I'm laying there, and, and I'm thinking about the cross, and I'm reliving the vision that had, he had given me about the cross, and um, I said, Jesus, why did you do it? And he said, for this moment right here, he did it for you to have relationship, real relationship, the relationship that calms your anxiety, that calms your fears. It's like a, a giant band-aid. It's a terrible analogy. <laughs> you know what I mean. Blanket. Thank you. That's much better. Yes. So it's, it's about that. And it was at that point, I wasn't thinking about healing. I was I was just enamored, and I was thinking about Jesus and what he did. And on March 13th, 2014, and I forgot to tell you that during that time of fellowshipping with God, I was diagnosed with lupus, I was diagnosed with carpal tunnel, I was diagnosed with um, degenerative disc disease in my back, I was diagnosed with bulge discs in my back during that time. So... Up to this point, March 13th, 2014, I've, those are the things that I was dealing with. But on that day, there was a, I was at healing, it's called healing now, now. It was healing school then, but it's healing now, now. And I was standing there, and a word was given from the stage that just tied together my authority and what Christ had done on the cross, the things that he had shown me, and I just spoke. I f it just came out. I didn't plan it. I didn't say, I'm going to say these words and I'm going to be healed. It was a compulsion from the Holy Spirit on the inside, and I told my back to be healed, and I told the lupus to leave my body, and I told the Sjogren's to leave my body. It was not speaking. It was not me speaking. It was the Lord. It was his words flowing through me out because I had been pouring into him and he had been pouring into me and it's what came out. And on that day, March 13th, 2014, I went back to the seat. I knew that it was done. I knew that it was, I was healed. If God didn't say a word to me, it wouldn't have mattered. I knew it, but he said, you are healed from the top of your head to the tip of your toes and you will walk in divine health. Ten years later, it's almost ten years, March 13th this, this year. And listen to this. God is so cool. March 13th of this year, 
I am speaking again at healing school on the same day that I was healed 10 years ago. Tell, tell me that God isn't an orchestra. He writes the best orchestras, right? But it was from relationship. And what I did flowed from that relationship with him. And that's why it worked. Because it wasn't me. It had nothing to do with me. And it had everything to do with him. And that is available for all of us. All of his kids as a born-again son and daughter of the Most High, creator of the heavens and earth, the one who split the seas, the one who, who calls down fire from heaven, the one who splits the rock, who makes water come from a rock. That is the same God that is with you. And I just I want to encourage you tired ones that he is with you. No matter what, put all of those, your wants, your needs, just for a moment. Put them out of your mind. Ask Father to show you where your priorities are. Ask the Father to to literally show you, okay, healing I have up here, but you're kind of down here. And it starts with being honest. And it's okay. Be honest, because if you're not honest, you're just deceiving yourself. And it's pride. Be honest. Talk to somebody that you can trust. Share with them your thoughts and feelings. Share with them. Ask them. Ask pastor ask. It's okay. Don't be afraid of questions. Too many times we're afraid to ask questions because we think somebody's going to think less of us, especially for those of us who have been in ministry or been in church for a long time, and we have those nagging questions. We need to ask them because if we don't ask them, they're not going to get answered. God will answer them for you, but you know what? Sometimes we aren't in a position to hear, especially regarding this thing. There's, there's just something that we can't hear, and we need someone to be his voice for us. We all have it. We all have questions. Last March, I almost quit ministry. I was looking for a full-time job. I was done. I, was, I had so many questions that were unanswered. I was questioning the very foundation of the things that I had been taught, and I was going to quit because I didn't feel like I could ask anybody because I thought they would well, you know, you know what I'm saying, y'all. But I asked. I started asking. I asked him. He showed me. And now I am more solid in those things that I was questioning, and now you won't get me off of those things. Because he's good. He'll take anything and turn it around for your good if you'll let him. If you will let him. Let me pray for y'all. Praise you, Lord. I know there's some here, Lord, who can't, are having a hard time even grasping the concept of having a relationship with you. They don't even know what that means, what that looks like. Holy Spirit, I thank you that even now 
you are calming their fears. Even now, you are speaking words to their heart. Or there is a peace in the silence that they cannot deny that you are with them. And I pray, Holy Spirit, for those who will invite you in to open their eyes, to show them the way, Holy Spirit, that when they read the word, the next time they open the word and they are looking for you, that they will find you. For those who seek Jesus, seek God. And those who find Jesus, find God. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you reveal the truth, that you open the truth, that that is one of your jobs in the lives of your kids is to show them the truth. And your word says that the word is truth. So Holy Spirit, we invite you in to show us the truth behind your words, that it's not confusing when we read it, that we understand what we're reading, that you open our eyes to the scriptures, that we might see you and find you in them. Father, when we read, that we read the word like it's for us because it is. We aren't reading it for anybody else. We aren't reading it just to learn more knowledge, but we are, we are reading it to find you. Thank you, Father, for your word. I rejoice at your word as one who has found great treasure because in your word we find you, life with you, hope with you, joy with you, health with you, gladness with you, freedom with you, freedom to be who you have created us to be, not caring what anybody else thinks or says about us because we know that you, the creator of the universe, universe calls us accepted and beloved. Lord, for your word tonight, we believe it, we receive it, in Jesus' name. Is there um, anyone, I'm going to call you out. Is there anyone who would be so bold as to say, I want that. I want my soul to long for you, God. Is there anyone that has felt the draw of the Father tonight? That, that these words have been spirit and they have been life to your flesh and they have been life to your mind and life to your soul and they, have, they are that the entrance of the word brings light. Is there anyone that would be so bold to say, this is me? I long for that. I want that. I want you to stand up. Don't wait, and I'm not going to ask twice. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. He has something so he has something so special. I don't know what it is. But what do you what do you what do you want? 
What do you want as far as relationship with him goes? Do you want to dance like David danced, unencumbered? I don't care who sees me. I don't care if I make a fool of myself. David could do that. He could embarrass himself because he loved his God. He didn't care. We care too much about what other people think. Father, I thank you these I thank you that you are tugging on their hearts and that, Father, this won't just be an experience tonight. This will be something, Holy Spirit, that you remind them as they lay their heads down tonight, as they get up in the morning, that this is a commitment that this is a commitment to draw closer to you, to do whatever, that they put you first, that they refuse to live without a relationship with you one more day. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that you show each one of them what it means, that you show them, that you lead them to people who can demonstrate it for him, for them, who can talk to them about it, Father. But I thank you for this stirring. I thank you for the fire that has been kindled on the inside of them, Father, the fire that is going to burn deeper and deeper and higher and higher and wider and wider. And I thank you, Father, that as it does, as they seek you, all of those uh, exterior things, they're just burned up. Pride is burned up. Pornography is burned up. Addiction is burned up. Addiction to social media, Father, is burned up. To the news is burned up. And as they draw closer and closer to you, Father, that you are going to burn up the things that are holding them back from you, from the things that are holding their affections, Father, that they might place all of their affection and their thoughts and their, and their, and their work, whatever, Father, is in their hands, that they place it at your feet. And as they do, Father, that they experience joy in the midst of heartache, that they experience freedom no matter what is going on, that they can live free no matter what the life circumstances are around them because they know that you are with them and they are going through it with you. Hallelujah, Father, we just rejoice in you. We rejoice in you, Lord, maker of heaven and earth. We rejoice in you. We rejoice at your word, Father. We choose tonight to make you our treasure. And when something tries to step in the way, Father, that you open our eyes to that thing and you remove it. I speak to addictions. I curse the demons that come with those addictions and I tell them they must go in the name of Jesus. Hands off, these are your sons and daughters of the Most High. In Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, right now that your healing is here because your healing is in them. So, Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you do your work, that you move through every cell, that you move through DNA, 
to change the things that can't be changed according to the world, Father, but we know that your word changes things. We know that your word goes in and it changes things. So Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are changing things in this moment. Mutated cells are returning to normal. Blood is returning to normal. Joints are returning to normal. Father, that the, that the it, it can't not happen. It is inevitable, Holy Spirit, that you work in their bodies. In the name of Jesus, I speak healing over those who need healing. I thank you, Lord, that it is your word, not my touch, that does it. And if they will receive it, they can have it. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for those with emotional scars that they see the light, that they see the hope, that they see that those are not scars that they have to live with one moment longer, that they can take that trauma and they can pack it in a suitcase and they can lay it at your feet and they can walk away just like that. Letting it go, letting go bitterness, letting go resentment, letting go unforgiveness, Father. Show them. Pack it in the suitcase. Set it at his feet. Never pick it up again. He wants it. He works with you. He is in you to carry those burdens. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. All the time. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We get to have the relationship, intimate relationship, with the creator of the universe, our Father. You know, I had to think about how my children are blessed for living in my house. You know, they have bread, the most basic things, bread and water. Of course, they have warmth and the blessing of toys and on and on and on, all the good things in our house that they have because they're my children. And the Word says that healing is the children's bread. I don't think my children have ever been like, I'm so glad to be Daddy's child because we have awesome bread. <laughs> they're just glad to be my child. One of the blessings of being my child is we have awesome bread. Yeah. Or at, maybe I should say it differently. One of the blessings of being my wife's child <laughs> is they have awesome bread. But you know, you can give, I could give those little children every physical, financial, material blessing. And if, if I would just be absent of relationship with them, all I'm doing is raising a blessed orphan. And that's what so much of the body of Christ, especially in the word of faith realm, is, is we live like blessed orphans. We know what belongs to us. We know what our rights are. But then we walk as orphans. And so let's not make that mistake. Let's come back to, I'm pretty sure, uh, I'll speak from experience that as a little one, I would have been willing to trade all the blessings in my home if I could have had a father. If I could have had relationship. And so let's have that attitude. To, to my children, there's nothing in our house that would be worth them not having me.
And let's have that attitude towards our Father. Right? Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for ministering, Teresa. Um, if you need an envelope for your offering, wave your hands wildly at our ushers and they'll bring one to you. If you're making out it, now these envelopes you can write in credit card information. If you do that, just make sure you, you write all the information down there. That's what's needed to process them. If you're making out a check, just make it out to a CWI and uh, we'll know where this goes. Um, we'll also have an offering tomorrow night and um, we're going to send them home watered and fed. And what does the word say? That when you give a cup of water, you will be watered right? And I don't think the principle of the matter is, is the water, but it's, it's the why and the who we're doing it with and for. All right, are you ready for, to, uh, to sow your seeds? Take a hold of it and let's pray over them. Father, we thank you that you are always faithful and you are wonderful to keep your word and your promises. And we commit these seeds to your word that it'll go and prosper, that it'll do what it's sent to do, to bless the hotelings and their ministry. Lord, I, I call this seed prosperous and that it'll multiply where it's sent. And that it'll also multiply back to each one that sowed again. According to your word, Father, I thank you that you are our source. In fact, let's tell him that right now. Lord, you are my source. Not my job. Not my savings. Not my investments. Lord, you and you alone are the source of my supply. And I worship you in Jesus' name. All right, the ushers can wait on the people and the people will give unto the Lord. Tomorrow night we'll be here at 6 p.m. We'll begin and um, Teresa will be ministering and Pat will share about their work in the Middle East as uh, he'll share tomorrow. He is now connected um, thanks to myself and uh, working with them and, and they've helped him create other contacts while he was there and so he has a, a great testimony of how that's all working out. So the divine appointment of the Lord bringing us together with continues to bear fruit. Yeah. Amen. Ellis. Yeah, come. I need to encourage you. God spoke to me today at home. And this is the word that he gave me. He said, my grace is sufficient. And I'm thinking, so that's the next word I'm going to minister. And he kept saying, my grace is sufficient. And when I came here tonight, I never read your books. I didn't look you up on the internet. But I do know and understand that your healing, what God has done in your life, is part of your ministry and God uses that to heal people however my grace is sufficient the grace that you flow out of that flows out of you 
the grace of God flows out of you. That's more than enough to heal folk. Even before you share your testimony about your healing, as the grace of God flows out of you, folk are going to be healed. Mm -hmm. As you go and travel and minister, just like tonight, you didn't share a lot about your testimony, but there was an impact. If nobody else received anything, that was life to me. <laughs> There's a, that grace that flows out of you. Listen to what I'm saying. Watch what I'm saying. I don't know if it already happened, but if it didn't, it's coming. I'm talking about healing and deliverances because the grace of God is more than enough. Hallelujah. You know, when that little one climbs up into your lap and you both just sit there in silence, not the awkward silence that we heard about earlier. They're not talking, you're not talking. Everyone's just content to be in each other's presence, to just be. That's what, that's what this is. Thank you, Lord. I don't know how to end something like this. Turn our backs on him. He doesn't walk away. 
He said, I'll be with you for now and forever. Because you're mine. I paid the price for you. You accepted that price. That's a big price to pay. And he did it for a whosoever. We must be a whosoever. We must be willing to walk in that grace. We must be willing to walk in the things that the world throws at us. But that grace is sufficient because it comes from Him. And He lives in you if you have accepted Him as Lord and Savior. That grace is a great price that He paid for us. Hallelujah. I'm not finished with you. I will never be finished with you. The more you seek me, the more you run after me, I will never ever be finished with you. I am infinite. The more you seek him, the, run after him. He says, I am not finished with you and I will never be finished with you because he is that. I'm going to leave it there. He says, I am not finished with you. So don't give up. Don't stop. He is not finished with you. Don't ever give up. Keep moving forward. Hallelujah. He's in it for the long haul. Are you? Amen. He's in it to win it. Are you? All right. Love on each other as you go, and we will see you tomorrow night. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Church of the Word International. You are in the right place at the right time, doing the right things tonight. It, that, with the right people. Thank you. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Oh, I just love to come to the house of the Lord with fellow brethren in the Lord, like-minded people who love the Lord with all their heart and seek after his face, right? That's what we're doing tonight. We're going to seek his face. We're going to seek his heart. We're going to seek his will. Hallelujah. And he said, if two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in their midst. So he's here. So let's just celebrate him. Thank him for coming. Thank you for you coming and bringing him. And I'd like to encourage you tonight in Psalms 100. Make a joyful shout unto the Lord. Amen. Yes. <laughs> Great job. All you lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing, which we're about to do. Now Know that the Lord, he is God. If he who has made us, it is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. He's good. He is so good. He's only good. 
He's only good. That's all. That's the essence of God is goodness. His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures to all generations. Well, we have a lot to praise the Lord about, don't we? Every day of our life, we have a lot to sing to the Lord tonight, to celebrate His presence, to thank Him with a grateful heart for who He is and all He's done for us. Amen. So let's stand up together, family, tonight, and let's celebrate His presence with us and celebrate one another. Amen. Father, we bless you. Thank you so much for giving so much that your love knows no end. Father, thank you that you have made a way for us to come in and be called your children. Thank you that you've given us your right standing and that you've washed us clean. We just bless you, Lord. Go ahead and tell him with your own mouth. Thank him for adopting you and making you a child. <clears throat> Had a scripture that comes to mind and this is what it says in the beginning of the book of John. It says, In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. He is the life, and He is the light. The light of men, of mankind. That light shines in the darkness. How many of you have ever felt like you're in the darkness, like you're surrounded by darkness? And you know that the light in you, but there's still a whole world of darkness out there around you. Well, it says, that light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. Well, if it was true for Jesus on that day, it's true for Jesus today in you and I through us. You know, Jesus made the bold statement. He said, I am the light of the world. And he, and he, he is. <laughs> and then he said, you are the light of the world. Never has a case of identity been made so clear. Christ in me, the light of the world, right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So let's stand in that identity tonight and let's take and position ourselves before the Lord for divine revelation. For us to see and understand and know things that have eluded us in the past. Or maybe we have known them, but somehow they've, they've um, evaporated, so to speak, from our revelation and understanding and illumination. So I'm going to pray that way, that through the teaching tonight and tomorrow night, that revelation, the spirit of revelation would be at work in your life. And so that you will see things more clearly because if you don't see it, you can't have it. So it's important that we see it, that we truly see it. So let's just pray. In fact, let's do a repeat after me prayer. Father, here I am. Open up my eyes that I might see clearly my spiritual understanding that it would understand as you desire it to. Open my heart. I choose to open my heart to you, Father. Minister to me by your Spirit through revelation, through understanding, and through illumination of what I've already known.
And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. So look at your neighbor and tell him, I am full of the revelation of Jesus Christ. So that means it's going to be a life-changing weekend. You may be seated. Are you excited? Yes.